Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. Today I have Chris joining us. Chris is an agent and investor. He's flipped a ton of properties. He's currently buying apartments and raising private money through a PPM. His passion is cash flow and helping other people retire with real estate. Chris hosts an accountability group and is part of EO Accelerators, which is a business building group. Chris also has a passion for personal development. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome, Chris. Is there anything I missed there? No, I mean, there's always a lot going on, but you pretty much summed it up right there. That was great. Cool. I guess maybe I should first say what PPM is, so private placement memorandum, because I think we might have lost a couple of people there. Right, yeah, a little bit of an advanced (laughs) strategy, but that's, uh, yeah, private placement. Yeah, syndication is putting money together, and uh, in order to syndicate, you need to have a private placement memorandum in place um, for your investors. A lot of people are like, think the, the PPM is for the purpose of raising the money but it's more of like just to give like a full disclosure of what's going on pretty much it's a big cya for the person putting the money together you know it's it's all the disclosures letting them know all the horrible things that could happen if they uh, if you know if everything goes wrong which you know they need to be aware of there's always bad things that can happen in any deal when you're doing these, do you need like accredited investors, or are you? Yeah, so I, I I'm fairly new in it. I have one. Uh, from from what I've learned from my lawyer and from what I've learned online and and in some of these forums as well is, uh, I did a 504, which is just a friends and family. Uh, they did not need to be accredited. Okay. Um, it, my lawyer said it was best to keep everybody in state because otherwise you have to do all each state form. There's several different types of 506 and some of those are accredited only some of those are a mix and then some of them you can advertise some of them you can't so there's a lot of intricacies in it and so that's why I have a lawyer to guide me through that (laughs) (laughs) so what's the business plan you do the you go in buy the property and repair it fix it up and refinance out of it or what yeah that this first one that we did uh which is all said and done it's all closed out um that's exactly what we did i bought an eight plex here in mesa arizona uh, an eight unit apartment and it was had a few vacancies so we went in upgraded a few of the units moved out a few of the old tenants moved in some new ones uh, raised the rents and uh and and so we're getting a, a decent cash flow there and then I also raised a little extra so we could do different things like gap funding, uh, private lending, so I could help boost that ROI because um, apartments are great, yeah. but there's not a lot you can do. It's going to be nice, slow, steady. There's not a lot you can do to boost the ROI once you've already done everything. So that's why I wanted to get a little creative, and, uh, and that's been good. I guess there's marketing to find the apartment building. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, my big thing is my network. I work every day to build my relationships, and the more people I know, the better because people bring me deals. I haven't had to do much actual marketing in quite some time. That's excellent. So I was going to say, how do you, how does your investors receive their return? On some of them, you may go maybe six months before you start to distribute, just so you have time to get everything up and running. But yeah, I just I distribute quarterly. And so that gives us a fair amount of time to do our accounting and get our profit and loss in place and then, yeah, distribute those profits out. Do the the investors get like a depreciation credit? 
I believe it is all going to be run through the LLC yeah. that are, we're using, and so the LLC is going to get the depreciation. But that is one of many questions I have for my CPA when I'm <laughs> meeting with them later this this or early April. We have an appointment, so I have lots of questions to make sure that we're structured the right way to. Um, so we have the best tax benefits on that. So we haven't, we just got it started. So we haven't had okay. tax year yet. On this one, I don't have any partners. Um, I manage in-house. Yeah. And I, so I take care of the property management as well as the management of the fund. There's not a lot, there's not a lot to do really. It, it, I, I already owned this this unit. The, the reason I did this yeah. is because I owned this eightplex already and I didn't want to get rid of it. <laughs> it was a little cash cow, but I wasn't able to obtain uh, traditional financing. And so I had it on the market. I sold it and uh, and they ended up falling out. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put the money together because this is something that I want to own for the rest of my life. You know, that's a great idea. Really, I, when you talk to any uh, investor, their biggest thing is that they wish they didn't sell. Yeah, so I'm like I said, you, like you said, I'm a realtor, and so I'm on MLS all the time here, and I yeah. see my properties that I flipped in the last few years pop up all the time, and it makes me sick every time. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm leaving $10,000, dollars $100,000 on the table by not holding at least a year, maybe two, three you know, you should always sell in an up market if you can, but unfortunately I needed the money, so yeah. you do what you got to do. Yeah, so today I, I met with all, my whole day was only to meet people a lot, or, or have meetings with people. So I went to a, a coffee shop downtown, I booked my calendar, I got like six people lined up and you know, some of them are going to help me find deals, some of them are going to help me find money, some of them want to invest with me. And so, like I said, man, it's all about your, my network for me. That's my number one thing right now is meeting people and raising money yep. because the deals are there. You know, you get a wall, you have to partner up, you got a joint venture or you got to syndicate. Otherwise, it's just not going to expand. Yeah. If you want to go big, you definitely need to use other people's money as much as possible. Why would someone sell you the property for, you know, under value instead of just putting it on the MLS in the States? Like, why would they do it? for you right yeah i mean there's always uh what do they call it like the three d's or the four d's death divorce you know uh, there's all there's always a reason for this someone and really from what i found a lot of it is shame you know they live in disgusting houses they uh whether it's a hoarder house or they're just dirty they they don't want people coming through their house even though they can get more money they want a nice quick clean deal so I like I love I love doing hoarder houses. I love doing fire damage houses. Anything that other investors will pass on, where your average investor is going to pass on it, I love taking those down. Yeah, those are where we get our biggest discounts for sure. And really, especially with fire damage, well, I got a couple friends who uh, are in the serious in the fire damage deal uh, business, and they so they get a lot of insurance claims. Um. They make big money on insurance claims, helping the homeowners out with that because, you know, the insurance companies are always going to hold out. Doing a fire damage, it's really like if you've done a full rehab, it's like three more steps. So most people have done a little bit of drywall on, right? Yeah. So, so other than that, you got to do rough electric trusses and a roof. Other than that, 
yeah. you know how to do everything else already. So yeah, yeah. it's just a couple extra steps, but you can make a lot of extra money because of it. I haven't done a lot of research on Arizona. Is that like, I probably have to do my own research anyway. <laughs> no offense, but whenever I ask a, uh, a realtor if their area is good, they always say it's good. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, like with the uh, the landlord fees or landlord laws and I think Arizona was one of the good ones. We are definitely one of the good ones. I was recently in California, in San Francisco, and some of their laws are absolutely insane. Um, I had a guy who was buying a duplex, and the guy, the renter is month to month, and he can't kick him out. He has to pay him to leave. He's going to pay him like $50,000 to leave. Um, in Arizona, we have all in all when you start – so the first thing you do is you have a five-day notice – yeah. And so they can cure it within that five days, pay pay what's due. And then um, there's several different steps. But if you follow them all by the day, you can have them out in about 23 days. You yeah, know, if, if you miss, you know, if you don't file for a couple of days, it's going to extend it out. So about okay. a month. Yeah. And uh, the judges, of course, generally they're not investor friendly, but they usually go by the rules. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to rule and we're able to get judgments and yeah, it, it's a, Arizona is a very good place to invest. Now we have had a run up. So a lot of the appreciation has already happened. Uh, that said last year to this year, they just put the numbers out. We're 10% up year, year over year. We were about 11% the year before that. Um, we had a crazy dip. We went probably some neighborhoods went lost 70, 80% of their value. It was during the foreclosure crisis, it was crazy. We were one of the hardest hit. I remember I listed properties. I listed REO properties, sold a lot of them, but I sold a lot of them too. There would be, I don't know, in, in a, in a neighborhood of a thousand houses, there would be 50 foreclosures and 30 of them would be bank of America. So they would be outbidding themselves. So this listing agent would be like, oh, we got to lower their price because of this one. And then they would lower and everybody's lowering, but it's all the same seller. It was all the same banks. <laughs> so it, they, it re they really got driven to crazy low prices. New builds I bought in 2010. I bought two properties that had been built in like 05, 06. Yeah. I bought them for 47 and 52,000. Yeah. The only thing wrong with them is they were missing the AC unit. Um, and so now they're worth 250. Wow. So I mean, like I said, it was we hit our bot we hit it and then we just kept on going. So that's why we've had an amazing run up. We're actually almost back to where we should be. Yeah. Um, our median is about 210 right now. Um it's hard to find a house less than 150,000 anywhere in the valley, though. Uh, new uh, new construction's happening. Uh, we can finally cash flow or make money on new builds. So the higher end market's kind of gone a little bit crazy as well. We have more 800 to like 1.2 million than we've ever had before. That's actually a bit of a glut. That's uh, that's not. Uh, it's probably still a seller's market, but it's not as bad. Yeah. We have consistently had about 17 to 20,000 listings, active listings for about the last three years. Yeah. So it's been slow and steady because we're usually 35 to 45. So slow and steady, but it, man, it's been creeping for sure. 
do you anticipate another correction? Not not of that same magnitude, but you personally, I do not. What I you know, so I'm glad we're getting this on video, so I can be Nostradamus here. I think <laughs> what's going to happen, at least in my local market, is interest rates are going to start rising. So the cost of a property is still going to keep going up, but values are not going to go up. They're going to remain fairly stagnant is what I'm guessing. The reason I don't think we're going to have a, a big problem yeah. as of where we are now is because, and again, I'm talking about my market. Yeah, It's affordable. All the fix and flips I sold, I'm in the lower market. So I'm 200000 and under for the most part. Yeah. You can't imagine how many properties I sold where the payment is like $600, $700, way less than rent. Yeah. So before, when we had the crisis, everybody and their mama was getting a loan. And they were getting loans that they couldn't afford. I'm a great example of that. So I, you know, I got the house I bought, my payment was like $1,800 a month. I could only rent that house. If I ever wanted to move, I could only rent it for about $1,200. So I owed $300. So when it was worth $100, I'm like, forget about it. Why Why would I keep this house? I let it go. Uh, we tried to short sale. It didn't work. So we just let it. We just walked. And we rented for a couple years. And uh and then we bought low again, you know? Yeah. So the reason I don't think we're going to have a huge crisis in Arizona is because everybody has an affordable payment. Why are you going to stop paying your $600 payment so you can go rent the same house for $1,200? It doesn't make any sense. No. So that's why I think we're going to be okay. Plus, our job market's great. We're, we're thriving. We have lots of jobs. People are working. People have money. People are spending money. So right now... I don't see an issue. Now, if they roll everything back and they start doing uh, no income loans, if they start doing all these stupid loans that people can't afford, yeah, those are going to be a problem. But I don't, I don't I think don't those are going to be allowed again. Like I think the government and everyone's sort of learned their lesson. Yeah, they started rolling those back, but I think by the time it happens, we may be at another election. So who, you know... <laughs> You know, if if the same uh, administration doesn't continue, the new administration is just going to roll them back up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. I'm, I'm not worried. I do expect a flat market, though. And you know what? As a fix and flipper, I would welcome a flat market. We make plenty of money in a flat market. Yeah, I don't want to down one, but w w our strategies are to make money in a flat market. So. The run-up has been great. Don't get me wrong. Yep. I have a lot of properties that I uh, I made mistakes on, and I still made a profit because of the run-up. Yep. So I'm important. That's excellent. If, uh, if people wanted to get in contact with you, what's the best way to track you down? I'm on YouTube, uh, Chris Ontiveros with a K. Um, you can find me all over Facebook. So I'm one of the AZ Flip Guys. AZ is an Arizona Flip Guys. We do a live uh, Facebook show every Friday at noon, Arizona time. That's Mountain Standard. Um, we just try to give as much as we can. We try to provide great content. This Friday, I believe, will be episode, episode 54. So we're getting awesome. We're, we're getting a little bit good at what we're doing, and it's been, it's been really fun. 
Um, on the real estate agent side of things, I own Investors Edge Real Estate Group. Uh, we focus on selling cash flow properties. Uh, my passion is creating passive income for my clients and my partners. So that's what we focus on, helping people find below market deals and cash flow deals as well. Thanks, Chris. Sure thing.